This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Welcome to the podcast Secrets of the North, a podcast about true crime in Northern BC, recorded on the traditional and unceded territory of the Dene peoples. I'm your host, Emily Gallen. And I'm the co-host, Spencer Hall. Our podcast may contain mature content, and it usually does, so listener discretion is advised. Hi, Spencer. Hi, Emily. I'm almost going to fall off this chair. I mean, it is very high up. It is, and it's unstable. Yeah, just like me. Yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. Um, so, I have something to tell you. Is it about your butt? Always. But also, my butt and the rest of me is, is moving. Oh. I'm acting like I don't know this, but also, I still it's still sad. She's been crying about it for, for months. Um, but I found a replacement. I found her on the street. Her name is Janelle, and she may or may not be married to my boss, but she's also a very good friend. Is she sitting next to me right now, Spencer? I, you know, I don't know. She's a little short, so it's hard to see her. Oh my God, is this this gorgeous vixen next to me? (laughs) She's down there. Well, you're down there. And now I'm up here. Oh, Oh, I love it. She got up so fast. She got a lift. She was just like, "Mm, what's up? I'm here. Unstable chairs and... An unstable chair for a group of unstable people. Absolutely. Welcome to radio. Um, Janelle, welcome to the pod and thank you for taking over my job. Yes, thank you for leaving. I'm just kidding. I miss, I'm going to miss you so much. I'm, I don't want to talk about The you first time leaving. she said that. I had a plan. <laughs> Janelle was like, save it for the podcast. I had a plan that we were just going to pretend like you never left, and Janelle was just going to wear a mask of your face. Even though it's an audio medium and no one would tell the difference? She'd do, you know, the thing. Oh, yeah. With the, yeah. Please treat Janelle with the love and... Just kidding. No one treated me with love and respect. Uh, but no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but you know, it's very hard. Um, I'm going to be moving to, to Veilmount and uh, I had to step away from the pod. But if you ever want a guest, I'm, I'm available. I'll still, I I'll still do it. We'll do like some stuff, some throwbacks. Uh, but anyway, we're going to record this last episode um, with me in your ear holes. Um, and Janelle, thank you again. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself so they can get to know you just as much as they've gotten to know Spencer and I and our buttholes. I definitely have a passion for true crime in the sense of justice. I have a very uh, strong belief in giving voice to victims since their voice was taken away. Um, I do unfortunately have very personal experience with murder and that kind of has created a journey for me to really want to give that voice to a lot more people. I mm-hmm. bet, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that when Janelle is comfortable, or maybe she won't be, uh, she will ex- uh, share that experience. It's a doozy, guys. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, I can't go into much right now. The Dude. trial is happening next month. So oh, wow. when the trial is done, we can maybe talk about it then. Yeah. What uh, corners will you be bringing to this podcast? I'm a bit of a spooky lady. What? So She's a spooky I, bitch. I was also a very amateur uh, paranormal investigator when I was younger. We had a YouTube channel. Amazing. I'm, I did not know that. And I also did not. we need to do a throwback and maybe show some clips on Insta. It's just Janelle I in a Ghostbusters will, jumpsuit with a vacuum cleaner attached. Yeah. Sign me up. I'll pay for that. Spirit souls out of their butts. That's what Emily does every Thursday. Yep. yep. Okay. I do. But yeah, I hope to bring maybe some more spiritual fun. Mm-hmm. Maybe some spookies, some Ooh, ghosties. A spooky corner. Ooh. 
spook corner. Oh, Ooh. right in time for Halloween. That's yes, amazing. That's... And for the rest of the year, because that's who you are as a person. Yes, yeah. it is Halloween every day in Janelleville. Oh, perfect. I want to. I want to take it down to Janelleville. Maybe I'll try to drive through when I'm. I'd move there. I'd move there. Yeah. yeah. I'd live we there. We have space. Ain't Good. no housing crisis in Janelle. Mm-mm. Empty up here. And Spencer, I'm also going to introduce a new corner. What? I'm going to introduce a missing persons corner. Well, that's good because I don't have anything for crime corner. <laughs> well, you know what? I've been I've been we'll doing you. a lot of packing and a lot of crying. I've been sometimes. I don't know time. what I've been doing. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. I was going to say hand in hand. Oh yeah. Packing your tears. Yeah, I had to get he- uh, extra heavy duty tape uh, just because the the regular stuff just wasn't sticking with, oh. the, with the sadness. But um, cool. Tell me about this corner. Okay, so the missing persons corner is going to be something we do each episode, and we're going to highlight anyone in the area that has gone missing. Um, we're going to try and keep it to you know, RCMP files, ones that have been vetted, mm-hmm. and I have one for us this week. Yes, uh, super important because lots of people go missing here. I didn't realize it's that wild. until I worked in news, and I, we write them up all the time, but holy crap. Thankfully, like... What I do like about working in news is that I, I'm the first one to know if they're found okay. And then I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Nice. Um, but sometimes I'm also the first one to know if they're not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's fun. But I'm glad that we're in, uh, we're introducing this corner. So please, without further ado, and me just talking for the sake of talking, tell me about who's, uh, let, take me down to Missing Persons Corner. All right. The Dawson Creek RCMP are requesting the public's help in locating a Darylynn Supernaut who has not been seen since March 15, 2023. On Wednesday, March 22, 2023, Darylynn was reported missing to the Dawson Creek RCMP. While she has not yet been located, it is believed that she may still be in the Dawson Creek area. Right. So she was missing for a week before... Mm-hmm. They got, okay. From the Facebook uh, sleuthing, it does seem, though, they wanted to you know announce her missing earlier or they had a little bit of lack of urgency right certain people right mm-hmm. she is described as an indigenous female five foot four 119 pounds black hair brown eyes and if you have any information regarding her please contact the dawson creek rcmp at 250-784-3700 if i'm not mistaken her family has also put together multiple search parties yes so yeah, uh, on foot around the, the yeah. Dawson Creek town. And it's a very small town as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not I don't know what the population is, but it's less than 21,000. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's super important. I never understand why there's such a not a, a sense of non-urgency. Like, especially, like, I get, like, actually, no, I don't even get, like, with kids, too. Like, kids, or really the statistics behind missing people, like, if you don't hear from them within, like, 24 hours, that's too too long. That's why they have the show called The First 48 Hours. Yeah. <laughs> It's how integral yeah. that time is, but yeah. yet we have a system where you have to wait 24 hours to report a missing person. Yeah. And that's only sometimes if they're under age. If you're mm-hmm. over age, it can take up to a week sometimes. Exactly. They're like, oh, they're an adult. Exactly. You yeah. can you can do whatever you want. You can go wherever you want to go. Mm-hmm. And heaven forbid you're in any sort of high-risk lifestyle. Oh, yeah. Then you're screwed. Because that's instant scrutiny, unfortunately. Oh, 100%. And uh, the media hasn't been great at that in the past. I do feel very like, maybe it's just me being optimistic, but I do feel like with the amount of trauma-informed journalism now, like I hope that 
I mean, you are going to have some outlets that are going to go do that because it's what, what we've always done. But I do think that there is an attitude change towards a lot of media outlets where they're not going to be like, and she was on drugs. Not to say that this person was, but just generally, I think that I, I hope that we're past the point of sensationalizing that. And if any of the listeners have any missing persons reports that they'd like to get out there that are in the Northeast, um, in the Northern BC area, please just Instagram us and let us know. And we'll see what we can do to get it on the missing persons corner. There we go. Perfect. So you know what we should do now before we launch into it? What? We should hear from our sponsors. Let's hear from it. I'd love to hear from them. Let's, let's talk about it. All right. Let's listen to them. All right. Cool. Learn more about the major stories happening in Fort St. John and beyond with Moose Talks. Host Dub Craig sits down with experts and leaders in our region to provide updates on major projects that impact Northeast BC. Listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. on 100.1 Moose FM or catch up wherever you get your podcasts. Go to energeticcity.ca slash moose talks for more information. Check out all of our podcasts. Go to energeticcity.ca slash podcasts. Spencer, are you ready for this one? Yep. We are going to Peace River this right. time. Okay. Alberta. Alberta. Yeah, Alberta. Victorine Jennifer Donovan, a 37-year-old resident of Peace River, Alberta, was found dead on October 8, 2019, outside in the area of 77th Avenue and 98th Street. The police were called to the scene after receiving a report of an injured person, but Donovan was already deceased when they arrived. An autopsy later determined that her death was a homicide and the RCMP Major Crimes Unit took over the investigation. Her cause of death was not released to the public at that time. Hmm. It Does it eventually, like, did they eventually release it or do we still not know? I did find an article okay. that was quite explicit and I did not include the explicit details. Okay. Because um, I think it was for a reason. But yeah. it, it, it's out there, somewhere out there. Okay. The investigation into Donovan's death lasted several months, during which time the RCMP Major Crimes Unit worked to gather evidence and identify any suspects. Despite the efforts of law enforcement officials, no arrests were made until more than a year later after her death when a 32-year-old man was charged with second-degree murder. According to Smoky Peace River Express, a man by the name of Matthew Ian Blatchford, aged 32, was arrested on January 30th, 2020, and charged with one count of second-degree murder after what RCMP Major Crime says was a lengthy investigation. Blatchford, according to the Peace River Express, is a local Peace River resident who graduated from Peace River Glen Mary School in 2005. The article also notes that Donovan and the father of her children both worked at some point for Blatchford's father with Shell, an oil and gas company. Like the biggest, too. I think that's like a global one. They're based out of London, I think. I don't know where they're based out of, but they're everywhere. Yeah, well, yeah. And um, for the listeners, we live in a very oil and gas part of the world. This um, is, yeah, that's our economy. Some places yes. have tourism. We have oil and natural gas. Exactly. Mostly natural gas, I think. Mm-hmm. So Blashford was taken into custody. And what I found wild, Spencer, was that he was actually released on bail until the trial and it, for a second degree murder. What? And the bail was set at $50,000. What? That's so cheap. Also, for somebody who works in oil and gas, that's nothing. Uh, rumor has it that the father, uh, Blashford's father, was the one that paid his bail. I can neither confirm nor deny that. Hmm. During the trial, it was brought up that Blatchford and Donovan were known to each other. South Peace River News stated that Donovan and Blatchford had known each other on and off over the years, according to the court reports, as a result of Blatchford purchasing cocaine from Donovan. According to the court findings, these meetings totaled over 100 occasions through the months of September to October. 
that's a lot of cocaine. It is a lot of cocaine. Well, maybe not a lot of cocaine, but that's a lot mm-hmm. of meeting somebody for cocaine. Not that I yeah. have any experience in that, but a hundred times in two months, that's like 50 times. That's more than twice a day. Mm-hmm. Well, it's averaging. Yeah. I can't do math. Nobody correct me. <laughs> the South Peace News gives great detail on the court findings, and some of those are as follows. On the evening before her tragic killing, Donovan had been visiting a friend at an apartment complex located roughly a block away. During this visit, her son recounted encountering some dubious individuals on the nearby streets. The official report documented that Donovan departed her friend's apartment between 12.45 a.m. and 1 a.m. on October 8th. So very specific. Yeah, that is very specific. A neighboring resident situated in an adjacent apartment to Donovan's overheard a female voice exclaiming, what are you doing? As he sat on his balcony smoking during the early hours of October 8th. Yeah, that's not really something you want to hear in the early morning hours. No. Assuming it was just a quarrel between neighbors, he initially dismissed the comment. However, a few moments later, he became alarmed when he heard some gurgling sounds. (gasps) No. And upon standing up, he observed a figure in the parking lot, seemingly kicking and stomping on something. The view was obscured by darkness and trees, preventing him from definitively discerning the person's gender or identity. That is haunting. So I've actually been to this location. Have you? Yes. And... This does make sense. If he is on his balcony mm-hmm. and he's looking through the parking lot onto the street, there is there are trees. It would be obscured. Yeah, he wouldn't be able to see. But it, it, like anytime you hear gurgling sounds, that's not good. And if we're thinking October, it's going to be pitch black. Yeah, well, exactly. It's, you know, the early morning hours. Like the sun doesn't rise until like 4 a.m. roughly. After observing for a brief period... The neighbor donned his coat and ventured towards the parking lot to investigate the situation. As he approached, he noticed a hat and gloves lying on the ground. Upon rounding the corner of a vehicle, he came upon Donovan's lifeless body. Oh, jeez. That's one of those things that's going to stick with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. According to the court document, and I quote, During the early hours of October 8, 2019, Mr. Blatchford was driving a four-door Dodge Avenger, colored gray or silver. The vehicle was equipped with black wheels and a trunk spoiler. At 1.03 a.m., Mr. Blatchford arrived at a fast gas station and convenience store in downtown Peace River, where he entered the store, made a purchase, exited at 1.04 a.m., re-entered his Avenger, and departed at 1.05 a.m. That's a quick trip to the gas station. I mean, it is called fast gas. It... Um, but no, I mean, like, that's like two minutes. And in Peace River, one of the smallest little places, we covered Peace River in Quarry Bronze Disappearance. Oh, yeah. Yep. There's also another missing woman from this area named Carolyn Purser, I believe. I've heard that name. Yeah, and she went missing in, I think, the 80s, and Mm. we were going to eventually cover her. But this gas station, I believe, was actually a part of that case as well. There was an altercation with Quarry Braun and some other individuals at, I think, this fast gas. Um... And everything is quite close together, so... I mean, it's a it's small area. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can see from where you're standing, you look over there, you see the gas station, you look there, you see the hotel, you see the second hotel over there. It's very small. Yep. Law enforcement secured video footage from multiple locations in Peace River and also secured the Avenger for forensic examination, revealing two noteworthy areas with Donovan's DNA, but no blood. Hmm. Additionally, a search was conducted at Blatchford's residence, leading to the discovery of jeans in the trash, bearing three stains. Analysis confirmed the presence of blood in each stain. However, it could not definitively establish whether the blood originated from a human or an animal, but all three stains contained Donovan's DNA. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Like, 
I don't know how her DNA, like how her DNA would be in the blood if it wasn't her blood, you know? Like I don't so it's a mixture, so it's a mixture of her DNA with blood. They're not saying it's her blood, they're saying it's blood plus her DNA. So do you think like during this is going to get really gruesome, but like do you think during the the crime scene when the gurgling sounds, mm-hmm. do you think that that was she's irritated her throat somehow and she coughed onto him or something like that? And then it's her spit and the blood, but because it's not the main part of the DNA. That's my thought. I'm also a little confused as to how they don't know if it is her blood at this point yet, because you can easily test. But if there's only like if there's only small pieces, like like small samples of blood coated in saliva, that's my theory. Might be a problem. Okay. I don't know that for sure. That's just my best guess. Contrarily, no traces of blood or Donovan's DNA were found on Blatchford's footwear his vehicle door handle, floor mat, or pedals. That's weird, considering Mm. he was, well, the assailant was kicking someone, the victim. Exactly. And he was using his vehicle immediately what would have been after the alleged. But he was wearing gloves that he left behind. Despite obtaining various videos depicting the accused in the vicinity of the crime scene, none conclusively indicated his involvement in the crime. The lack of clarity in crucial portions of the video evidence hindered establishing guilt for many. Yeah, that's difficult. A DNA expert faced challenges in pinpointing when Donovan's DNA was deposited on Blatchford's genes. The nature of the DNA, blood or other substances like saliva, phlegm, skin, hair, etc. The mode of transfer, if it was, you know, direct or maybe secondary transfer, and whether the detected blood was human or animal. Furthermore, a medical expert attested that Donovan's cocaine and crystal meth use, both known to increase the likelihood of nosebleeds, might explain the minor deposits found on the genes. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. But then you'd still be able to tell that it was her... story. Yeah, oh no, I had a nosebleed. But also, if it was a nosebleed, you'd still be able to tell that it was human blood. Yes. Okay. That's... I'm still confused about that. I'm very confused about that. If anyone knows, for sure, please let us know. Statements from the accused, obtained without being sworn under oath or subject to cross-examination, were deemed inadmissible. Justice Henderson, in his report, noted, and I quote... Despite the compelling nature of the Crown's argument, I am unable to align with the Crown's stance. The prosecution's submissions overlook the weaknesses in the evidence and the gaps present in the record. Upon considering the entirety of the evidence, I am unable to infer that Mr. Blatchford was the perpetrator of the attack on Ms. Donovan. So Alberta Justice John Henderson found Matthew Blatchford not guilty of murder in Jennifer's death. Oh. They have so many... So much circumstantial evidence. They have him near the scene of the crime. He's known to the victim. Um, we do have some drug use involved, which well, may I mean, or may not heighten some situations. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, do we just focus on the drug use, you know? And we do have him in the vicinity, but it small is Small area, as we pointed out. Very small area. The son had mentioned that he did see some dubious characters as well that night. Um... Like other folks just in the street, yeah. And the fact that there's no blood in his car, his shoes, you know, looks well for him. But the fact that he put a pair of bloody jeans in the trash does not bode well. What do you do with bloody jeans? You ever get blood on your pants? Yeah, I wash them. Every month, baby. That's a good point. Yeah, I I don't know why I just forgot that washing machines existed there for a second. Um, Yeah, that's weird. I don't know if I would throw away jeans with blood on them. I would definitely try to wash them first. Yeah, and it does sound like a small deposit. Because they, they mentioned it said small deposit. And I don't know why you would 
throw out a pair of jeans with just a small deposit of blood on them that could easily be washed away. Yeah, throw some, I don't know what you use, OxyClean. Where's Billy Mays when you need him? From what I did read online of the manner of her death, to me, what they said, I think, involved guns. Oh. Which was confusing because they did not talk about gunshots or hearing gunshots. No, and we heard gurgling. I assumed that he strangled her. I assumed that it was um, blood force trauma. Oh, Oh, also maybe that. With the, with the uh, what with what that. I was thinking the gurgling sounds. Yes, I was thinking about what the witness had seen. Right. Um, either way, that to me would signify a quite of a bloody scene where there would be a lot of blood transfer happening, and so if it was Blatchford, you would think he would have a lot of that on him. Yeah, or there would be like there would be more evidence, or but also there were gloves at the scene, so like. Oh, there's uh-huh. no blood on the handle. Cool, they're all in the frickin' gloves. So, I don't know. This one, This one. I think I'm the most confused out of all the cases that we've talked about, where yeah. I'm like, you know, usually we talk about it and we're like, ah, oh, wow, I can't believe there was a mis- like this miscarriage of justice. But this one, I get it. Like, if you don't have any, like, actual evidence, you don't have people pinning them at the scene or whatever, like, the justice system exists how it does for a reason. Yeah. It's not supposed to be about retribution or just nabbing anyone. So like, I get it, but at the same time, it's sad because you also have this family that is wanting answers and all this. So yeah, anyway. they're wanting justice for their mother and their daughter and their sister. Yeah, she, well, I mean, everyone's somebody, someone. Christian Donovan, the son of Jennifer Donovan, expressed disappointment with the verdict of Matthew Ian Blatchford's trial. He believed that Blatchford was guilty of his mother's death, but was not surprised that he was found not guilty. Donovan argued that there was substantial evidence pointing towards Blatchford as the killer and that he should not have been released on bail before the trial. And I could not agree more with that. Yeah, I feel like maybe if you're suspected of murder, maybe don't go on bail. Her son said in an interview with Grand Prairie News that, and I quote, My mother was a beautiful person. She loved her kids and mother and were going to get her justice. My family will not rest until we get justice for my mother so that she can rest in peace. Donovan's death sparked outrage and concern in the community, particularly among advocates for missing and murdered Indigenous women. I did also read, Spencer, that uh, Jennifer Donovan was a part a sister walk, um, a group that she would attend with her mother for missing and murdered Indigenous women. So she herself was being an advocate and highlighting what she ended up succumbing to that's so which sad. is but uh, unfortunately a very real reality exactly. for indigenous women mm-hmm. it's it's really sad donovan was a member of a first nation near hay river northwest territories and her death highlighted the ongoing issue of violence against indigenous women in canada donovan's family and friends held a vigil near the site where she was found and she was remembered at a celebration of life held in her honor at the peace valley inn's banquet room controversy has arisen over the local memorial in honor of Donovan. Why? This is, it's, it's wild. Donovan's family and friends erected a memorial on 98th Street and that features flowers, photos, and a red dress to symbolize missing and murdered Indigenous women like Donovan. But recently, the family had received complaints about the memorial and was being asked to take it down. However, the family wishes to keep the memorial up until it is replaced with the memorial bench in the spring, which I believe has happened already. Oh, okay. I will double check into that. Um, we'll let you know on Instagram. I was actually in Peace River last year for a gymnastics competition and came across her memorial and was surprised, and that's how I learned about this case. Wow. Also, we're going to go ahead and point out that it's not Emily doing the gymnastics. It's definitely her child. But... Yes. <laughs> 
Um, and speaking of the gymnastics, um, the North Peace Gymnastics Board actually issued a public statement stating that no complaints had been filed by their organization that was located across the street. Because I think there was maybe a little bit of rumor mill going on that they were complaining about the memorial, and yeah. then they wanted to come out and say, no, it's not us. <laughs> we have no problem with this. Yes. Yeah. And uh, they shouldn't. No, absolutely not. I think that if, if, if you go ahead and you see a memorial and it makes you upset, really take a look mm-hmm. inwards and mm-hmm. figure out why. Because I don't see an issue with any kind of memorial. Like, that's, you know, it's not vulgar. It just, it's a red dress and some flowers. And it's about a really important cause. And, you know, this violence and, and going missing or succumbing, succumbing to addiction, all these things are day-to-day realities for yeah. Indigenous women. And... And men, but also yeah. we're not talking about indigenous men right now. Um, so yeah, I can't. I don't imagine. I can't understand why somebody would have a problem with that memorial. The town of Peace River did confirm that they received two complaints about the memorial in December, but had not specified any timeline for its removal. Many community members had spoken up in support of the memorial. VBV Property Management, which manages the property has stated that they are willing to let the memorial stay until the bench is completed as long as the town agrees. It seems like the most, like, bureaucratic, ridiculous, like, just let it be. Let it be. Like, honestly, what is it harming? If the person who owns the property is like, yeah, we're chill, leave it. I want to know who who these two complaints were. The two complaints? Who these fuckers? Here's my thing. How many complaints have you gotten? How many people have come out in support of it? Because then you have to outweigh, right? If you get two complaints, but you have 40 people being like, yeah, it's chill. Again, leave it. Her passing has left a lasting impact on those who knew her, and the investigation into her death serves as a reminder of the need for continued efforts to address violence against women and support the families of victims. And also keep in mind that the rate of violence that is experienced by indigenous women is statistically higher mm-hmm. than um you know women of other other ethnicities mm-hmm. um so you know people get mad because they're like well that's not very equal here's the thing there's a difference between equality and equity and the thing is is that we're not going to be able to be all treated the same because let's be honest in the past we haven't treated no each other the same. Exactly. um no but like you know, I think also we're so focused on ourselves that we really need to just, again, take a step and, and look inwards. But also you got to look outwards and you got to see like, you, you know, like missing and murdered indigenous women. Like I, we've how, how have we not done anything at this point? Anyway, to the two people that complained, deal with yourself. Also grow up. In the Edmonton Journal, her friends remembered her fondly. And I quote, she brightened up your day, Lambert said of her friend. She didn't leave without making you feel better. She gave love to everybody, not just her friends and family, complete strangers. She would go out of her way to help anybody. This family, Spencer, is still currently trying to appeal the case. Well, best of luck mm-hmm. um, with that if he is, in fact, guilty. I, I can't... I'm still torn. I'm torn about this one, but, I mean, it's... At the end of the day, it's a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's... It's a, that's a, that's all I got. It's a tragedy um, that never should have happened. And um, sometimes you wonder in these tiny small towns, when people sometimes people listening they don't really realize how small these towns are. Peace River is so small. What's the population? Under seven thousand people. Okay. So small. Yeah, small. Yeah, people know people. Everybody yeah. knows each other. Everybody knows. Yeah. So that is also a thing where it's just like how many other. Well, I mean, again, so does that strengthen the case against Blatchford, or does it like everyone knows everyone? So I'd love to know sense. the rumor mill. Well, I mean, you can only take so much from the rumor mill, but yeah. All right. Well, well, thank you for listening to that case, Spencer. If any of the listeners 
have any more information about this, reach out to us or reach out to the Peace River RCMP detachment directly. Spencer, I, I don't even know how to end this. It's, be- it's been a pleasure. Can this not be an ending? I don't, I think, you know what, let's put a pin in it. Maybe I'll come back for okay. an episode or two. I'm not gone forever. There's social media. We'll make it a transition? Sure. Okay, I'm into that. Well, social media, Spencer, where can people never find you again? If you never want to find me again, you can find me on Instagram at hall.spence. Uh, or my personal one, which I guess I can plug out now, is uh, Sfall, so it's S. P-H-A-L-L-97, where you will find pictures of my dogs and soon mountains. Oh, beautiful. Dogs and mountains. Dogs, mountains, and daddies. I don't... Nick can be your daddy. Uh, No, he can't. If you met him, no, no, he can't. Emily, where can I find you, even though I'm definitely already following you? You can find me, as always, at E to the underscore G on Instagram, and... If I want to check in on how Janelle's doing with her co-hosting duties, where would I find the podcast? You would find it at Secrets of the North underscore podcast on Instagram. And um, I'm quite titillated to see how many uh, followers Janelle gets. How many how many DMs and how many uh, solicitations hop into that box? I mean, here's the thing. How uh, many did you get? That, I got zero. <laughs> but I'm also, I don't identify as a woman. So know, unfortunately, there are probably going to be more for Janelle. Uh, a butthole's uh, a butthole, my friend. That's, that's our one unifying thing. It we, all, is. we all got a butthole. We all have a butthole. Um, Spencer, all right. I love you. I love you too. And now I'm allowed to start crying. Okay. Well, okay. to our listeners, thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. Uh, it's been a pleasure to tell you some true crime occurrences in, a, in the region. And I will miss this region very much. So thank you so much for listening and uh, catch you on the flip side, y'all. Okay. I love you, Spencer. Goodbye. I, I love you too. Goodbye. Okay, goodbye. Buttholes. Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.